0: Are locked on Cougars. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the show and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Plenty to get to ahead on today's show. We're going to look back at BYU through the first half of their football season. Yes, we're at the midway point. The back half of the season begins Saturday in Waco, Texas. MVP at midseason, newcomers of the midseason, all that good stuff. We'll dig into that. We'll also look at former Cougars and the pros. How did week five for them go in the NFL with week six beginning tonight? We'll get into that. And, of course, we will catch you guys up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan. All right, so now that you have the roadmap, let's get rolling here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 14th, 2021. What's up, my friends? I'm Jay Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. And once again, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. I work for the Zone Sports Network, as I mentioned, in Salt Lake City, Utah. I am the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And Once again, thank you for taking some time out of your day to talk BYU with us here. Getting going here on a Thursday, and it's midseason. BYU has made it halfway through their 2021 season, sitting at 5-1, and and I would imagine that most of you, the Boise loss notwithstanding, probably did not have BYU sitting at this record when it came to your preseason predictions. I was of the opinion, if you guys want to go all the way back to the preseason when I was talking about my expectations for the Cougars going into this year, that I thought that an eight or a nine win season seemed to be the right fit for BYU, and I felt like that would go a long way to legitimizing how good BYU was during the 2020 season when they went 11-1. Now they started the season 5 and 0. They've moved up into the national rankings as high as number 10, as we all know, dipping back down after the loss to Boise State to number 19 in the latest Associated Press poll. But I think this is a very good football team. So now at midseason, let's talk about some of what we call our midseason awards on today's show. And let's start off with uh, some of the players on both sides of the ball that I would call what you would say MVPs, uh, most important players, Whatever you want to term it, that's what we're going to start out with today. And I think on the offensive side, it comes down to one guy and one guy only. Tyler Algier, 121 attempts so far this year, 642 yards, averaging 5.3 yards per carry, along on the season of 67 yards, eight touchdowns to lead the Cougars on the ground. He actually has the eight touchdowns BYU scored on the ground have all belonged to number 25. He is BYU's best offensive player. No offense to guys like Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney. Tyler Algier is the most NBA-ready running back that I've seen in some time at BYU. I think that he is going to be headed to the National Football League at the conclusion of the season. And he, by far, has been the most important player on the offense for the Cougars. Now, defensively, I think this is an interesting debate if you flip over to the defense, because if you were to ask me two or three games ago, it's Keenan Peely. Keenan Peely was absolutely lights out, and his absence has been glaring the past couple of games that he has been lost due to that ACL tear, and here's hoping that he gets back to full uh, health relatively quickly and be back for next season. But the guy that I think has been BYU's most important player on defense, if we're taking the total number of games, so six games played so far, I'm actually going to hand that award to Peyton Wilgar. He's having a very, very good season. 35 total tackles, has one and a half sacks on the year, three pass breakups, one forced fumble. And Peyton Wilgar just has a lot of the little things. that don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet, and he gets the job done. He's been very, very impressive this year. I got to say, everything that he does out there screams to me, true leader. He's not the biggest talker on the field. He's not going to be your emotional, getting a guy's face or out on the field, yelling at his guys to get him motivated. He leads more by example. And I think that if we're going to talk about an MVP or an MIP, most important player for BYU, I think you got to give it, to Peyton Wilgar but as I mentioned Keenan Peely just simply due to the fact that how good he was 31 tackles through three and a half games played at one and a half sacks in his own right what he was doing up until he tore his ACL he was on track to be the MVP and he absolutely uh, his, his loss has been glaring for BYU. So maybe in a way, he is BYU's most important player because when he's on the court, BYU's been very, very good on defense. And when he's been off of it due to injury, BYU has struggled. So there's a debate between those two. And I think those two... Uh, Peyton Wilgar and Tyler Algier are the guys that you need to pay attention to. But in addition to them, there are some guys I think we would call newcomers on both sides of the ball that have been very, very important for BYU. On the defensive side, it's Ben Bywater. He leads the team currently with 49 total tackles, and remember, he did not start a game until Keenan Peely went down due to injury, but Ben Bywater, 49 total tackles on the season so far, 31 of them, so It's a very, very high number. One sack also um, has just been a fill-in guy wherever needed. He plays multiple linebacker spots, plays all over the field, makes plays all over the field, and... He's done his absolute best to fill in for Keenan Peely, but it's not a like-for-like replacement. They're two different players. Bywater's more of a rangy guy who can go sideline to sideline and you can use in space, where Keenan Peely, he's kind of that true middle linebacker who you line up there right over the center. He is the Mike linebacker. He's diagnosing the plays, calling out audibles, all that type of stuff. And I think Bywater, his ability to play Literally from sideline to sideline makes him the newcomer on the defensive side of the football. Now, on the offense side of the football, the newcomer is obvious, I think. Pukunakua. 15 receptions, 276 yards, is a season long of 55 yards, no touchdowns quite yet for number 12, but he is third on the team in receiving yardage. Gunnar Romney and Neil Pau will lead in that department. But Pukunakua is coming on strong, folks. It's not long before I think we're going to see him in the end zone. He is going to have an absolutely stellar career in a BYU uniform, it feels like, and he is just getting started. His ability to stretch the field as a wide receiver, but also to contribute in the fly sweep game, the screen game. He does it all and the funny thing about Puka is he's so smooth you don't realize how fast he actually is he's just such a smooth route runner there are guys slow as smooth smooth as fast that is the very definition of who Puka Nakua is in my mind he is the newcomer of the year for BYU on offense and has been absolutely lights out I think that he is going to continue to see his role increase he has tallied four carries so far this year for 35 yards rushing has a season long of 16 yards in the Rush game, you're gonna see his role continue to develop and expand as this season progresses and even as his career progresses beyond just this season. Number 12, him coming home to Provo. What an absolute coup for BYU to get him to decide, you know what? I want to be closer to home. And by the way, if you did not see the deep blue feature that BYU TV did this week on the Nakua brothers and the inspiration of their father and all that stuff, you need to watch it. Really. Really cool to hear from Samson Nakua, Puka's older brother, as well as Puka, on the influence their family has had on them. Their mother, Panina, she is an absolute legend in my mind. The ability to pick up and move to Utah after her husband uh, died due to apparently—I didn't know this part of it—was diabetes complications that took him early on in life, but. She up and moved to Utah and raised five boys. Of course, we all know that Kai, the oldest brother, was a star at BYU. One of those guys that whenever BYU needed a big play on defense during his career, Kai Nakua seemed to deliver time and time again. Isaiah Nakua was set to play at BYU before getting sidetracked by some other issues. But good to see both Samson and Puka now squaring up for BYU and really like Puka. And I think he's the newcomer. And by the way, keep an eye out for their youngest brother, Kei Nakua, currently playing for Timview High School, would not be surprised to see him in BYU colors at some point down the road here. So there you go, my guys, the MVPs on both sides of the football for BYU and also the newcomers in terms of what they have done to help BYU in their first season of full action or their first year of action for BYU. Now, one other note real quick, I probably should say, in terms of an MVP for the special teams, it goes to Ryan Rico. What an absolute weapon he is, at punter for BYU. The fact that BYU lost when he only punted once last week is a crime, it feels like. But he's got an absolute howitzer for a right leg. He is going to be a guy I think is going to uh, have an opportunity to play in the NFL. Punters are a little different in terms of your ability versus opportunity in the NFL. But he's got all of the ability and hope is the opportunity comes for him and he gets his shot. But really, really cool to see him doing his thing. I think he is absolutely the MVP on the special team side of things. Newcomer on special teams, I don't necessarily know what to say about this because he's not really a newcomer, but I got to say, Justin Smith, it would be what I'm terming the newcomer, has come in and has made nine of nine extra point attempts for BYU, one of two in field goals made on the season, but he's filled in twice for Jake Oldroyd, who's dealt with some back issues, uh, kind of being flaring up and down. Uh, Oldroyd, very, very good when he's been on the field for BYU, but Justin Smith Smith, the fact that he has never been able necessarily to count on when he'll actually be called upon. I'm going to give him Newcomer of the Year, especially considering he kind of did it last year in a small, limited sample size. Was it one game that he filled in last year? So I guess we'll just kind of bend the rules a little bit and give Justin Smith that nod. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll give you kind of some of my overall evaluations of the midseason report for BYU. Where do I think uh, things stand for BYU as a team as they get ready for the back half of the season, starting with this big matchup against Baylor, on Thursday not Thursday, today is Thursday Saturday night we'll touch on that in just a moment first though today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Sweat Block this is an absolutely incredible product folks if you are a person like me who sweats quite a bit this might be the perfect solution for you so that way you can feel confident wearing where, whatever you want to do I think we've all been in a situation where we found ourselves pitting out and just looking like an absolute slob that's where Sweat Block comes in it's a doctor recommended and doctor created Wipe that you actually wipe on your underarms it lasts for up to seven days per use, and has a dry shirt guarantee. That if it does not keep you dry, you will get your money back. This has been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by actual firefighters walking into a fire and showing how it kept them dry in those extreme heat. That's absolutely an incredible product, and you guys can give it a shot now by going to SweatBlock.com. And while you're there at SweatBlock.com, use the promo code LockedOn for twenty percent off your order. It's also available on Amazon, been sold there for over ten. Years. 13,000 Amazon reviews, by the way. They do a great job. But if you want to save that 20%, get to sweatblock.com. Use the promo code Locked On. And a reminder for you guys it's also available on shelves at your local CVS pharmacy. That is Sweatblock, a proud partner with us here on Locked On Cougars. Today's podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Elevate Fitness. Absolutely love this company, and what I love about it is they've helped me lose over 40 pounds. That's the great part. I'm looking good. I'm feeling good, but I can tell you this much. I'm feeling as healthy as I've felt in many, many years, and that is thank you to what Rich Hart and his team are doing with Insulin IQ and Elevate Fitness. What it's all about, folks, is a very simple system. And they're talking to you in terms of what Insulin IQ is doing about insulin resistance and how it affects so many facets of our everyday lives, especially when it comes to our health. Diet culture doesn't work, folks. Counting calories in and out, all that stuff, the apps, all that stuff, that is not what it's going to do. Controlling insulin is the key to weight loss and metabolic health. It's all done based on the studies by Dr. Ben Bickman over at BYU. He's done all the research, and it's the baseline for all of the work they do at Elevate Fitness. You can go to InsulinIQ.com Elevate and get an initial consultation with Rich Heart for free online. There is no obligation beyond that, but you don't, you've got nothing to lose. You can learn about the system. What I love about it is its simplicity. It allows me to kind of structure things within what they want you to do. It's not a hard and fast, here's your meal plan, here's your workout plan. They actually let you have some fluctuation and the ability to fit what you want to do inside of their guidelines. That's what I love about it. So once again, get to InsulinIQ.com slash Elevate. Get that initial consultation with Rich Hart for free online, or you can stop by their office or their gym in Orm. One forty-seven West, four hundred North in Orm. Been around for twenty-five years, just off State Street there. And the fun part about it is, during the off season, you actually may run into some former BYU athletes and even current BYU Cougars working out there at Elevate Fitness. So once again, that's insuliniq.com/elevate. Get that, that initial consultation when you meet with Rich. Tell him that Jay Catch and Locked On Cougar sent you. Thank you again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms and looking forward to being on YouTube in the relatively near future. Stay tuned for more news on that front as it comes. But at midseason now for BYU and getting ready for the second half of the season to begin, I honestly think that BYU is in a really good spot, folks. I know that the Boise State loss was a bitter one to swallow. It's one that you just look at and say, man, how many times can BYU shoot themselves in the foot? But the fun part is, or I guess the, not the fun part, the positive part of all of that, the shooting yourself in the foot, is you are given the opportunity to improve, and it is stuff that is correctable. Obviously, ball security Paramount importance. BYU has to take care of the football. Through the first five games of the season, when BYU is five and zero, they were for- forcing the turnovers. Other teams giving the ball to BYU and the Cougars were capitalizing on it. It flipped the script against Boise State. Boise State forced the turnovers; they benefited. They got the win. I think BYU sitting at five and one is still in a great spot. And I am done with all the people saying that the season's over. There's nothing do what to play for. It doesn't matter if BYU plays. It uh, goes 1-5 five versus 5-1 five and one in the final half. You know what? It's football, folks. One thing, I, I've talked to enough players inside the BYU football program during the era of independence because it's the same old story. When BYU loses a game each year, well, they got nothing left to play for. They're just getting ready for a bowl game. You know what? That doesn't fly with the players and coaches inside the program. They are driven because they love the sport. If you're that fair weather of a fan, go find another sport to to watch. Plain and simple. That's my recommendation to you. Because you're going to be disappointed far more often than you're satisfied. And you may always be disappointed. The simple fact of the matter with BYU is these players and coaches, they love the sport. They love the chase. They love competing. And they love getting better week by week. Are they disappointed they lost to Boise State? Absolutely no doubt. Listen to any of the media interviews this week and you will hear that frustration in their voice. They are in a great spot right now. Are they going to make the college football playoff? No. Were they going to make the college football playoff if they were undefeated? I can't say they couldn't, but I do not believe for a second they would actually get the actual, what you'd say, uh, not recognition, but the attention that they would deserve had they run the table. There is the dream of running the table for BYU, and it hasn't happened uh, since 1984. It's tough to go undefeated. You don't know how much of a grind these young men and these coaches are under. They are absolutely putting everything they've got into every game. And to think that they're uh, just going to kind of blow things off and be just fine. No, they're as frustrated as anybody and they're eager to get back into action. I have talked to enough players after a loss who have said, I would like to go right back out on that field right now and play another game to get this bitter taste out of my mouth. So at midseason, sitting at five and one, ranked number 19 in the country, I think BYU is exceeding all expectations if we're being honest with ourselves. I understand you feel a little bit uh, en- entitled and spoiled when BYU races out to a 5-0 start. And when they lose in the manner that they did to Boise State, you're going to be bitter. You're going to be upset about it. But understand that nobody feels worse about it than the guys who are actually out there on the field as, you're, uh, as the guys who are entertaining you playing the sport that they love. They love this sport. They are not saying, well, the season's over now. If any of them are saying that in the locker room, I would hope that Kalani Satake and his staff are giving them a stern talking to and essentially telling them, okay, you either shape up or there's the door over there. That's why I would hope the message is to any player who has that mentality. The goal in football, the goal in any sport, the goal in any competition, let's be honest, is to be the best that you can be. And to think after losing one game, that you say, you know what? Uh, whatever. Whatever happens the rest of the season doesn't really matter. We're going to the same place. That that doesn't jive with me, folks. It just doesn't work. You, you play this sport, and football's a violent game. If you take a playoff in this sport, you're liable to get hurt. You're liable to have a career-ending uh, injury if you think you can just float through it. That's just not how it goes in this sport. You have to be on point at all times. And I know that BYU is doing their best to get back into the win column. They're preparing like heck to get ready for this game against Baylor. It's a very unique matchup, considering that Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos, as well as Matt Mitchell, who was formerly a quality control-slash-analyst guy in Provo, all three of them on the staff at Baylor. They know BYU's personnel inside and out. They literally left during the offseason to go to Waco. They will know BYU as well as BYU knows themselves in many ways. But the fun part is BYU also knows those guys and knows how they operate. They may not know the personnel at Baylor as well as the guys at Baylor know BYU's personnel, but they have watched enough film. They've got six games of Jeff Grimes running the offense down there in Waco to prepare for BYU, I think they're blocking out the outside noise, and at least I hope they're blocking out that outside noise because this is a good football team. I have said it once, I'll say it again, this is a program who is maturing before our very eyes. Are there going to be stinkers like they had against Boise State? No doubt. Every program has them. Look at Alabama, folks. They lost to a 3-2 and two unranked Texas A&M team. Nick Saban had won 100 straight games against unranked opponents. An absolutely incredible run from 2007 to 2021. To have that many games without losing to an unranked team, that is a testament to how consistent uh, we had seen Alabama become. Even they had their clunker and they lost to Texas A&M. I understand Texas A&M is a preseason top 25 team, but they did not have their main quarterback, Haynes King. There's a lot of things that went against them in that game, but they lost that one. Every team has a bad game. That does not mean that the team is trash. The team is done for the season. Just shut it down. That's not how this sport works. So let me get on. Let me just my final point here before I step off my soapbox on this point is that support the Cougars. That's the thing about it. You are there to be entertained by these young men. If you can't be entertained and enjoy the sport for what it is, this is not the sport for you college football is quirky folks we all know it these are young men they have a lot of things going on in their lives a lot of them have wives and girlfriends they got school to focus on they're playing the sport they love hoping that that sport can end up paying the bills maybe give them transformational life-changing money down the road There are a lot of things in play at play, excuse me, when these young men suited up, but they are there to support you, so support them. Don't just jump off the bandwagon the second that you see them lose a game. That is not the way to go. So, just wanted to get that off my chest because of some of the conversations I've seen online this week and just it, it baffles me at times how people can be so negative about things but that's just my personal take and i'll step off the soapbox now Come up here momentarily we'll catch you guys up on the other news and notes you need to know here on a thursday including a check-in on former cougars in the nfl two guys really making their season debuts for their respective teams We'll touch on all of that in a few moments. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. That's where our friends at Rock Auto step in. They want to give you every option under the sun available to you guys, and they want to save you both time and money while using their online resource. You don't have to go to the store. You don't have to go to the car dealership to get the parts you need. You can order them with a few clicks on your computer. And they ship them directly to your door. Rock Auto is a family business. Been serving do-it-yourselfers for over twenty years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they've got everything you could ever need—everything from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil, even new carpet if that's what you need. They have it all available to you, guys. Go explore their website today to find the solution for all of your auto parts needs. Go to RockAuto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Please be sure—please be sure, excuse me—while you're there to write "Locked On" in the "How did you hear about us?" box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. One more time out on today's show to talk to you about our friends over at BetOnline. They're back and it's better than ever with football season underway with our friends over at BetOnline. They are the number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. They've got a brand new updated website and an interface that features more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code On to receive that bonus. 50% of whatever you deposit the first time. Added in as free money to bet with. You can't beat it. From football to basketball to boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available from our friends at Bet Online, as they are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, even if it's not football. If it's basketball, NHL, golf no matter what is tiddlywinks maybe even you could bet on it they've got it all available to you guys it's all courtesy of our friends at bet online where the game starts Before we go on this Thursday edition of the show, let's run down the other news and notes you need to know as a BYU fan. Of course, we'll talk about former Cougars and the pros momentarily, but congratulations to the BYU women's basketball team. They were picked to win the West Coast Conference Championship with 80 total points and 8 of 10 first place votes in the annual WCC preseason poll that came out yesterday. BYU earned 8 of the 10 first place votes by the league's head coaches. Gonzaga received the other two first place marks. And one note is the WCC head coaches are not allowed to vote for their own team. So Jeff Judkins obviously voting for Gonzaga. BYU at 19-6, and 13-3 and in the West Coast Conference last year. And returns essentially the entire roster last, from last year's team that made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament. Where they almost beat NCAA runner-up Arizona. An absolutely incredible game. I'm guessing the BYU is absolutely going to be in the mix to make a deeper run this year, and that is the hope. Jeff Judkins, who completed his 20th season last year, enters his 21st season with maybe his best team ever. This team is absolutely loaded. Shaley Gonzalez, Lauren Gustin, and Paisley Harding were named to the preseason team. Portland and San Diego also landed two players on the squad, while Gonzaga, San Francisco, and Santa Clara all had one representative on the All-WCC preseason team. This is going to be a great season for the women's hoops team. And they're getting a little overlooked, obviously, due to the men's team being as loaded as it appears. But really good to see the women's team getting its just due. Looking forward to seeing Shaley Gonzalez and Paisley Harding doing things on the perimeter for BYU. And Lauren Gustin. An absolute double-double machine in the middle, and that doesn't uh, preclude all the other athletes on BYU's team from being uh, contenders for awards. This team is going to make some noise, so do not forget about the women's hoops team in Provo. Very, very fun things ahead, it looks like, for them. Now, one team in action today is the number eight ranked BYU women's volleyball program. They'll be taking on Loyola Marymount and Gerston Pavilion down there in Los Angeles. That'll begin tonight at 7 o'clock Pacific time, 8 o'clock Mountain time. There's a live stream link if you want to watch the Cougars in action. Just go to BYUcougars.com, click on the schedule page, be right there for you guys. Now, final thing before we go today, let's run down how everything went in week five for former Cougars and the pros. And congratulations, by the way, to Brady Christensen. Got his first start of the season at right tackle for the Carolina Panthers. Played all 71 of their snaps on offense. Also played some special teams uh, as the Panthers uh, gave him his first opportunity. He actually has one solo tackle on the season, and it comes via special teams. So congratulations to Brady Christensen. Good to see him playing for the Panthers finally in a large dose and hoping that we continue to see him Playing in that spot. Also, want to give a congratulations to former BYU wide receiver Dax Milne. Had a good debut, it felt like, for the Washington football team. Did not have a lot of stats, but still uh, good to see him finally see the field. He was active for this game. He sat out last week, had 34 snaps, so 41% of the snaps on offense and one on special teams. Targeted just once, but that was a six yard reception, the first of his NFL career. He's played in four games so far this year for the Washington. Football team and that reception, as I mentioned, the first of his career, hopefully not the last. And still good to see him uh, on the active roster as the penultimate pick in the NFL draft. What a story it is for him! Congratulations. To Dax Mill. Now, other players. Michael Davis played 71 snaps uh, for the Los Angeles Chargers, had three solo tackles in their game. Taysom Hill, hope he's back on the field soon, took an absolutely nasty shot, helmet to helmet shot, and was knocked out of the game due to concussion issues. He was carted off the field. Uh, he finished that game just playing nine snaps before lo- leaving the game, targeted twice, had one reception for 11 yards before taking that helmet to helmet hit. And like I mentioned, hoping that he's back on the field sooner rather than later. Harvey Longy playing for the New England Patriots. He had 13 snaps on special teams and recorded no stats. Uh, Kyle Van Noy played 43 defensive snaps for the Patriots alongside Longy, had three tackles, one of them solo. In four games so far this year, Van Noy has 10 tackles, six of them solo, one sack, one tackle for loss, one quarterback hit, and one pass breakup. Tyrus Kyrus Tonga played in a reserve role for the Chicago Bears, played five defensive snaps and just one snap on special teams, had no official stats, but Kyrus Tonga, the fact that he's still on the active roster, similar to Dax Milne a seventh-round pick, really, really good to see, and congratulations to him. He has started some games at nose tackle this year for the Bears, and hoping that he continues to kind of see his role expand. He has really, I think, impressed folks with his physicality, his agility. He's one of the better athletes uh, in terms of a defensive lineman, a nose tackle, that you will ever find. So it's good to see him Getting his opportunity. Daniel Sorensen uh, started for the Kansas City Chiefs, and their defense is absolutely struggling. That does not mean that Daniel Sorensen's having a bad year. Played all 57 defensive snaps for the Chiefs uh, in that game. Five snaps on special teams as well. Had four total tackles, three of them solo in that. In five games this year, he has 34 tackles, 26 solo, 2 tackles for loss, 2 quarterback hits, and one pass breakup. Sione Taki-Taki played just 23% uh, of the snaps, 17 in all. For the Cleveland Browns, 21 snaps to on special teams. It's good to see him getting more of an opportunity on the special team side of things for the Cleveland Browns. They seem to kind of be slowly working him back into the rotation. A linebacker for the Browns. Uh, he finished the last week with five tackles and a quarterback hit, uh, two solo tackles in that mix. He's played in four games so far this year. Ten tackles, five of them solo. One quarterback hit, one tackle for loss, one fumble recovery. Now, final few guys we need to talk about uh, today are some of the heavy hitters. Fred Warner started and played all 61 defensive snaps for the San Francisco 49ers in their loss to Arizona. Uh, Also played one snap on special teams. Nine total tackles, seven of them solo. He's currently number five in the NFL in solo tackles and number 10 in total tackles. Uh, He has 44 tackles overall. As we mentioned, that is 10th in total tackles in the NFL. 29 solo tackles is number five. Two tackles for loss and one pass breakup as one of the captains for the 49ers defense. Jamal Williams started and played 22 offensive snaps for the Detroit Lions, had 13 carries for 57 yards, also added two receptions for another eight yards. On the season, he's played five games, and we've started four of them, if I'm not mistaken, 55 carries for 244 yards and two touchdowns, also 15 receptions for 101 yards. Good to see Jamal continuing to show that he's a versatile addition for any team that wants to have him. Apparently, if you're Green Bay, you probably uh, are his ex-girlfriend, and he said, you gotta go. Tyson Williams, also for another former BYU running back, he sat out last week, got back into the rotation this week with 14 offensive snaps, uh, for four times, just six yards, two receptions for 15 yards. Tyson Williams' role is continuing to kind of evolve with the Ravens. We all know that Lamar Jackson is the end-all, be-all for that team, but good to see Tyson Williams getting his chance. He's got 31 carries on the season so far, 171 yards and one touchdown. Also, seven receptions for 60 yards and hoping to see that expand as he continues to get things done. And then finally, Zach Wilson in London playing for the New York Jets, played all 56 offensive snaps, didn't have the greatest game, 19 of 32 passing, 192 yards, also had one carry for three yards. And as Robert Sala said, look at the stats. Josh Allen had very similar stats to Zach Wilson in his first five games. They are firm believers that Zach is going to become the quarterback they envisioned when they took him with the number two overall pick. And there are signs there that he's starting to come into his own. He has admitted that he's kind of been uh, kind of throwing to spots and trying to guide the football. He said, you know what? I try to step up and rip it. That's what he did in high school. It's what he did at BYU. I don't know why it's taken him so long to realize it, but hopefully he starts to really just step in there and make some throws because we all know that Zach Wilson has the arm. His nine interceptions leads the NFL, but anybody who thought that he was not going to struggle this year, you your uh, little, uh, (laughs) what? What I'm trying to say, you had your head in the clouds a little bit, I feel like, in terms of what you expected for Zach Wilson. All right, that's going to do it. A big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. We'll track how things go in week six of the NFL this week and have a report for you guys next week. Uh, I forgot to do it earlier on in the week, so you know what? No time like the present to talk about former Cougars and the pros and good to see them having success by and large around the NFL. All right, once again, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. want to encourage you guys coming up as soon as we wrap up here. Check out Locked On Big 12 with Josh Neighbors He gets you caught up on everything going on in BYU's new conference home in 30 minutes or less. It's free and available on all podcasting platforms and it is actually already on YouTube so you can watch it if you want to check it out that way. All right, follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Search out locked on cougars search out my work at jacob c hatch on twitter or you also can email the show anytime locked on byu at gmail.com is the email address that'll do it for this thursday edition of the show hope you all are doing fantastic out there wherever you might be in cougar nation and until next time have a great rest of your day this has been the locked on cougars podcast for october 14th 2021 and we will talk to you guys manana